Welcome to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us as Deb talks with her guests, experts in their fields, as they share real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And today we're going to have a great discussion about a business opportunity that many people know exists, but they have so many preconceived notions about why it's not a good fit for them, why they shouldn't do it, why it might cost too much, all these various things. And so we're going to be talking about franchise opportunities. So please join me in welcoming our expert today, Marielle Miller, to our program. Welcome, Marielle. How are you doing today? Well, I'm doing great, Deb, and thanks so much for having me on. You know, this really is going to be so interesting because I think so many people, you know, we all know that franchises exist. We go through McDonald's, we go to FedEx, um, you know, whatever the various things are, we probably come in touch with franchises multiple, multiple times every single day. And I'm guessing that almost every one of us thinks, well, I can't do that because. So that's a big part of what we want to talk about today is why it is such a great opportunity for so many people. But before we do that, let me tell people just a little bit about your background. So with 27 years of experience, Marielle Miller works nationwide with individuals who are actively looking for business opportunities, career, and investment options. Her clients desire to enhance their quality of life, increase flexibility, and obviously improve their net worth. Business ownership could be a vehicle to achieve these goals. No fees or obligations, just solid information about coaching, Solid information and coaching about franchising is what Marielle offers. The objective is to create clients to those opportunities that will be the best fit given their professional skills, personal objectives, and financial goals. Once that's identified, she works to personally coach and educate clients on how to conduct a solid search, how to evaluate profitability, and then how to fund the opportunity. Marielle holds an MA in Organizational Change and Effectiveness and has been published in Franchise Update Magazine, The Area Developer, HR Quarterly, and The Franchise Dictionary. She is also an expert contributor on BeTheBoss.com, which is an industry favorite. So again, Marielle, welcome. Well, thanks so much. You know, this really is going to be something that I, I hope is very informative for folks because it is a a fabulous way for people to have a different business than what they're already doing, earn extra income, you know, all these various things. But as I mentioned in the intro, I think so many of us think, A, probably the biggest is it's so expensive. You know, oh my gosh, it's going to cost me, you know, a bazillion dollars to be able to do this. Or it's just so much work that, you know, I, and I've already got a job or maybe I'm already retired, you know, and, and so I don't want to do all of that. So let's just jump in and talk first about, you know, really what is the definition of a franchise? Wow. What a great, what a great question. Um, you know, a franchise business, it, it's really, there's not an industry called franchising, although we, we sometimes call it that franchising is a way a business chooses to scale itself. Okay. So in exchange for a franchise fee, an ongoing royalty, Mm -hmm. an individual or an investment group is given, you know, they're given the full set of business practices Mm -hmm. 
to uh, successfully launch and uh, build a really good business. Mm-hmm. That's really what franchising is about. It works collaboratively. It's sort of mutually interdependent. When we look at good, solid franchising, and that's really where I spend my time in top performing companies, you know, the best practices are mm-hmm. out there. And um, and it's a terrific relationship. It's symbiotic relationship between franchisors and the uh, business partners called franchisees. Mm-hmm. You know, and many of my listeners are entrepreneurs. They are small business owners. And, and we start our own business. We think, oh, I've got this fabulous idea. And, and many times that works. I mean, you know, let's, let's just not beat around the bush about it. Many times that works. But for many other people, it doesn't because they don't have the knowledge. They don't have the skill set. They don't have the, you know, the, the background and, and all those various things. So they might still not want to be working for <clears throat> corporate America, but they want to be out on their own. And, and again, they, they just don't have that skill set, you know, that knowledge base, all those various things to do it. And I think in many cases, that's where a franchise is something that is, is wonderful for them. Well, you're absolutely right. And what's interesting is about 90% of the folks that I work with end up in a business they would have never thought about for themselves. Mm-hmm. Never. And uh, the reason is the process that we go through you know, to identify those businesses that work for them. But clearly there's a lot of advantages, you know, in going the franchise route that people don't, they don't recognize, you know, they, right. they think of it like it's all about the brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure, it's great that you had, there's brand recognition, but there's so much under the hood. Mm-hmm. There's so much more that's offered by a solid franchisor to assist the franchisee and to keep them growing, keep them profitable, keep them up to date support them from a marketing standpoint, you know, customer acquisition, customer retention, um, all of that, you know, keeping their costs lower because of economies of buying scale. You know, there's just tons that that a franchisor, you know, can offer. And that's the reason why when we go through a search and a discovery process with a person, it will take us approximately three to four months working together Mm -hmm. before there's an offer on the table for them of a business that they would invest in. Right. You know, and it's, it's, in some, it could be their passion, but it's not like somebody comes to you and says, hey, Marielle, I really like McDonald's hamburgers, so I want to buy a franchise. (laughs) That's not the way that process works. (laughs) Right, exactly. A lot of people start if they have an interest or a curiosity Mm -hmm. and they're on their own. They start looking at two things. They're going to look at, you know, what have I done? What do I think I'm good at? And what am I interested in? Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Those are things that probably we're going to talk about. That's important. But left to their own devices, that will give you a very narrow, unsophisticated search. Right. You're going to, you know, kind of just sift through opportunities, maybe on the Internet or at a show or in a magazine and wait till something sparks your attention. Mm-hmm. You know, there are two ways people can make decisions. There's an emotional way and there's a logical way. Right. And we have found through a, a more sophisticated process, a thorough process, we could keep people logical, you know, and mm-hmm. step by step with an approach that sure you need to be passionate and have an excitement, but you don't want your decision to be driven by that. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. So there are there are uh, other questions to ask and there's more to learn about you Mm -hmm. before we go out, you know, jumping into um, a list of companies to see what's right. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Well, you know, one of the things that, that I'm immediately curious about, and especially when I got your information, was how did you decide this was something that, that was your passion? Oh, wow. Um, so I've been in franchising forever. I, I fell into franchising by mistake. I couldn't spell the word um, out of graduate school. I did an internship in a company that was a franchised company. Mm-hmm. Um, I began to appreciate the duplication of success. You know, the whole I, I was in the training department mm-hmm. with a master's degree in organizational change that mm-hmm. kind of like fit me. Right. And um And I just began to understand, you know, sort of how the whole picture worked from the inside out. Mm -hmm. And then from there, I ended up in a company back in the day called Nutrisystem. There were uh, Mm -hmm. 1,800 centers all Mm -hmm. over the country. And what I saw was absolutely explosive growth in about two years. Mm -hmm. It was the most remarkable ride I had ever seen uh, from the inside, you know, watching. And ever since then, I've not left the field because... It's so dynamic. It's so exciting. It's so, um, oh gosh, it's just, there's so much, um, opportunity, mm-hmm. you know? So in my corporate years, I, I was in corporate franchising, worked for different brands. I did some emerging brands and some recognized brands. You would know the name. Um, what I saw, I saw very, very average people, um, making, you know, creating million dollar businesses. Mm-hmm. And I saw great people, good people lose their shirt. Right. I actually physically had to padlock a door one time oh, for a franchisee. Mm-hmm. And uh, I collected, you know, all this knowledge. Mm-hmm. And I decided in like 2001 or so that I wanted to be a consultant. I thought I had enough information. I had seen the best of the best. I had seen horrible franchising. I really got it. And I thought that I had enough information to become a consultant Mm -hmm. and to help businesses get into franchising using best practices to do it right. Mm -hmm. You know, so I did that for a while. But after a little bit of time, I learned something. I learned that, you know, it's very, very difficult to scale a business. And most of the entrepreneurs I worked with were basically broke. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the kind of money it took to come to the franchise stage you know, the legal fees, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was very difficult to do the kind of work I wanted to do. And then this field opened up and it's not that old of a profession. Mm-hmm. This idea of franchise consulting, you know, mm-hmm. coaching, right. helping individuals. And I thought that I had the exact right background, you know, a master's degree from the school of psychology. So it's like a psychology degree mm-hmm. in business with all this experience and a passion to help individuals. Mm-hmm. You know, make the right choice. You know, I did this because my kids were uh, I had two girls. They were three and five. And um, and I honestly believe that my purpose is to give kids their parents back through the gift of entrepreneurship. I love and it. I find I find that being met in my role today mm-hmm. as a coach. Right. Well, let's you know, let's jump into a lot of the myths about you know, being a franchisee. And, you know, and, and kind of have you help us to dissuade those myths, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, as, as I mentioned in, in the start, one of the things that people just automatically assume is this is going to cost a fortune, you know, and, and they look at, say, a McDonald's, a FedEx office, um, a Jiffy Lube, you know, something like that. And they're thinking, oh, my gosh, that has to be very expensive, so, you know, talk to us about the expense that's involved. 
You're absolutely on target with that. I think most people who would be great in business and who could really benefit from the franchise structure don't even pick up a phone to call someone like me or pick up a magazine Mm -hmm. because they think they can't afford it. Mm -hmm. And I've seen miraculous situations of of folks do being able to do it. So I think the first point is that we talked about being narrow in our focus. Well, people are also very narrow in what they consider to be a franchise. And franchising is flourishing in about 36 categories in our economy. Food is one category. Mm -hmm. Automotive is one category. Mm Right. Which is the two you mentioned. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have like 34 other categories to look at. And part of our process, we actually talk about each and every category so that I can detect your interest or your um, your um, preconceived notions about that category. And Mm -hmm. we talk that through. So the reality is there are over three thousand three hundred brands franchising today. Mm -hmm. That happens in about 30 to 40 different categories in our economy. And um, prices range. I always like to say we hone in on a price point between $75,000 and $750,000. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to break that up for you because I think it's worth just going into a little detail because right. people really like this part. Mm-hmm. So there are businesses that are cheaper and there are hotels and different businesses that are in the millions. Mm-hmm. But in most folks I work with, individuals or small investment teams or, or, or husband, wife, you know, or execs, they're going to be in that range, 75 mm-hmm. to 750. Mm-hmm. So there are three recognizable kinds of franchises, and I can talk to you about the price, the pricing of that. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The first group is what we generally think of franchise. It's a simple retail business. Okay. So that's going to run about a thousand to 2000 square feet. It's going to be in a strip center. It's going to be maybe food, maybe um, a gym, something like that. Something simple, maybe mm-hmm. a, a, a postal type of a center, et cetera. Okay. Um, these businesses employ um, usually minimum wage workers, and that's where we get the word simple. It's a simple workforce. Oh, okay. And they range in price from about a hundred and fifty thousand to about maybe two twenty five, two fifty. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's the all in cost. When we say all in cost, that means your franchise fee and all of your build out, all of your uh, uh, what you need to open that business, marketing, uniforms, whatever, and three months of working capital is sort of the we earmark that number. Okay. Okay, so that's going to get you off the ground and get you going for the first couple of months. Mm -hmm. Now, the second kind of business is called sophisticated retail, and that has a more sophisticated workforce. That would be like a massage, uh, massage or day spa, Mm -hmm. like an urgent care center, Mm -hmm. like a Meineke with six bays. Okay, Uh, that kind of a business is going to be about maybe. 4,000 to 7,500 square feet. Mm -hmm. It might be an end cap or a standalone business. It might be um, in the range of probably about 300,000 to about 750 Mm -hmm. to get into that type of business. And these are generally, you know, plus million dollar plus businesses. They do very well. And uh, oftentimes it's service oriented. So they have good margins. Mm -hmm. Um, These first two types this is what's interesting. They could be owner operator or semi absentee, which is a big trend today. Right. Semi absentee. Mm-hmm. So the third idea, the third type is a home based. Mm. And this is where people are shocked. 
a home-based business can be out of the home mm-hmm. or it could be out of like an office park, like a, a, a Regis office center. Okay. Or maybe light industrial space. Mm-hmm. You might need a little bit of a space there. Mm-hmm. Now, these businesses also, many of these are million-dollar, multi-million-dollar businesses with great mm-hmm. margins. But the thing is, is there's no brick and mortar. And uh, the cost to get in is between seventy five thousand and about two twenty five. Right, because you're not having that infrastructure that you have to have. Right, right. So there are approximately one third of all the businesses out there um, come in at less than a hundred thousand. And depending on who you are, your skill set, and your passions and interests, you can do very, very well in a business. That doesn't have to cost you an arm and a leg. Um, the other thing, the most important thing I'd like to say about this topic is this. Um, there is no correlation between how much the business cost and how much you could earn. Okay. Now, this is crazy to people. Mm-hmm. They don't really get it. Because typically when you're going to buy a business, you buy an existing business based upon a multiple of the earning. Mm-hmm. So there's a direct correlation. Right. Right. Between your sales price and your um, and your earning. Mm-hmm. Well, in new franchising, when you're the person who breaks ground and, you know, and creates this thing, um, there are businesses that I know of that are less than one hundred thousand dollars to get into mm-hmm. that are generating multiple million dollars in sales. Wow. Um, and that is not uncommon if you're looking at the top performing franchises. Mm-hmm. So people have. I, I really do. I have found they really have a limited perspective of the cost structure. Mm-hmm. And the other the last thing I'll say, and probably the best news is that um, you generally need between 10 and 30 percent cash injection. OK. Franchising is very easy to finance. There are many programs available. There are many amazing organizations that we connect you with to support you know, support you and get get these consultations almost like at a pre-qualification, like if you're going to buy a house, mm-hmm. uh, sort of the same thing. Oh, OK. That, that means that you could get into a hundred thousand dollar business for 10 or 20 or thirty thousand dollars. Oh, I love that because I could tell that, you know, many of my listeners eyes crossed when you said a hundred thousand. They went, oh, my God, I can't afford that. But now you just made it very clear that many people can can afford this. Absolutely. And there's a, a very popular program. Um, <clears throat> it actually allows you to roll a 401k or any amount out of a 401k into your new business mm-hmm. um, to fund it without any taxes and any penalties. Wow. It's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. So what we do early on in our process, once we get to know you a little bit, is we'll connect you with these companies and you can have conversations and learn all about your options. Be very, very surprised about the options that are out there. Right. You know, and, and I think, you know, it's it's so important to note that we want people to do their research. You know, this isn't just, hey, I'm going to write this check. So, you know, especially if you're getting a loan, if you're getting financing, you know, clearly you want to make sure that the franchisor is is solid, you know, all of those various things. So it, that's why you were saying this is is a many month process mm-hmm. to make sure that it's a good fit on both sides. Absolutely. The, the process is really a mutual due diligence. So mm-hmm. you're going to you're going to dig deep and we'll teach you how you're going to dig deep to find the answer to three Critical questions that I think these are the three critical. Mm-hmm. The first one is how does cash flow through my business and how much do I keep? 
Right. That's real important, yeah, right? That's, that's, yo, hello, I'm in this to make hello. money. How do I get right. that? Mm-hmm. Got to know that or else no one is going to sign on any dotted line. Uh-huh. The second thing is, what do I do every day? And can I do it? And will I like it? Right. And the third thing is, how does this business affect the quality of my life? Mm-hmm. So from the beginning through launch, through selling your business, will this vehicle, because a business is just a vehicle, Will it get me to my ultimate goal? Mm -hmm. How does it affect the quality of my life? And that process to get all those questions answered um, usually takes, like I was saying, three to four months to do. Right. You know, and we've mentioned it several times, so let's delve more into this, is the fact that this this can be an investment. This is not you have to be there nine to five. You're on call twenty four seven because you own the business. You know all of the, and I think that's probably the other misperception that people have is, say I buy this franchise, you know whatever it is, and and I have to work there. I have to physically be there. Well, you know, hey, I retired or I'm doing this as as you know a side hustle type of thing. So how's that going to work? And and then it's the you know oh my gosh I'm on call twenty four hours a day. I think that, you know, that is one of the things that I'm sure people are afraid of is, you know, they, they just don't want to make that time commitment. They can do the financial commitment, but the time commitment isn't what they want to do. Well, I think that you, you struck on the most unfortunate part of, um, of, of the misperception, right? If people ask me, what would you like folks to know? Like, what's the most important thing if you had like a, a tweet about it or that people right. would read? What's right? your one <laughs> sentence? <laughs> and, and what it is, is semi-absentee franchise business ownership mm-hmm. is alive and thriving. There are more opportunities today for you to build wealth while keeping your job or do it, you know, on a part-time basis while you're enjoying your life than there have ever been before. And that's because people today look at franchising like they look at real estate. It's a, it's a, a diversification strategy. Right. In addition to that, technology clearly helps mm-hmm. with, you know, businesses that don't have any cash, right? Because of the, they use those terminals. So there's no mm-hmm. cash in right. these businesses. Uh, technology to help supervise the business, technology for security reasons. Um, it's just getting better and better. And so the most popular trend that we see today is um, multi-unit semi-absentee, mm-hmm. where you can keep your day job, you can buy the, a territory, you can open one or three or five or ten of something. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it all depends on how much money you want to make. Right. You know, and <clears throat> you mentioned the word semi-absentee. You know, and and it's I think that's important because it's not that you just buy into it and then you never think about it again. You know, this is still a business that you have to be somewhat responsible for, you know, and, and so, you know, maybe it's making sure that you have hired the right managers, you know, all mm-hmm. those various things. It's not just, it's, it, it, I guess what I'm trying to say, it's not just an investment. You are still, you know, there's still involvement. Well, we, we call a semi-absentee situation something in the range of five to 15 hours a week okay. that you'd commit to. And mm-hmm. typically you're committing more in the beginning you know, because right. you have to do the real estate selection, mm-hmm. et cetera, build out, manage the general contractor, what have you. And then as you um, come to proficiency and come to maturity in the business, you could back off. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know a gentleman, he owns eight um, hair salons. And I said, honestly, tell me how, how I want to get my arms around this. You have eight, eight stores. You know, how, how much uh, uh, did you put into this business last week? And he said, I worked an hour and a half. Right. 
because he's got a good team of people exactly. that he's, he's got. He's the culture builder. Mm-hmm. He's the motivator. He's the leader. And he manages the uh, business by the numbers, mm-hmm. by the mm-hmm. metrics, you know, and the franchisor um, with a semi-absentee offering is going to teach you how to be an effective leader, mm-hmm. how, to, how you don't have to micromanage. They'll have the systems in place to give you to be successful. Well, and one of the most important things that we always need to remember is it's in the franchisor's best interest to help you. You know, they don't want the business to go under. They certainly don't want their brand to be damaged. You know, all of these various things. So they have all of these tools. Um, you know, I've heard people... You know, I mentioned, you know, they go into business for themselves and they don't have that knowledge because maybe it's, say, marketing. They don't know marketing. Well, that's where the franchisor comes in. You know, they, in many cases, they do it for you or they have templates or, you know, all those various things. Oh, gosh, absolutely. You know, just on your point about failure and stuff, what people don't know, the other big thing people don't know is that franchising is extremely transparent. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is learn how to investigate the business, mm-hmm. which we can teach you, and you can investigate any franchise because it's heavily regulated by the FTC mm-hmm. and uh, and it's quite the transparent process. Mm-hmm. So when a business, if a business fails, the franchisor is required by law to list that information in the document that you will receive if you're looking at the business. Ah. So think about it like a, a, a circle, right? Like mm-hmm. what is the effect? So let's just say he's not a, you know, people, people are people and they're interested in other people's, you know, uh, they value the success of other mm-hmm. folks. But let's take that all out of the equation, just strictly from the side of the franchisor. They can't have failures. They don't want those failures for the simple reason that, it all has to be disclosed to the new guy and the new guy isn't going to come in if there right. are failures. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are lots of reasons why, like I said earlier, it's a symbiotic relationship. It's a mutually interdependent relationship. Mm-hmm. The franchisor has nothing without successful franchisees and the franchisees don't have a business model without the franchisor. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and yeah, I mean, it's, as you said, it's, it's symbiotic. I mean, you know, it's, it, everybody is there to help everybody else be successful. Right. Oh, yeah. And there's lots of peer stuff as well. There's lots of, um, you know, peer support, which mm-hmm. your, your peers are not, even though they're in the same business, they're not your competitors right. because right. everyone has protected territory. Mm-hmm. So you could share best practices. You could share marketing ideas and tools and resources. You can do all of that. And it's incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and I love that you mentioned protected territory. You know, that's why we only see certain businesses in certain places. You know, it's, it's, you, you're not going to have a Burger King across the street from a Burger King. <laughs> you know? Right. You know, now you might have it across the street from say a Wendy's, but, and, and obviously we see that all the time, but you know, again, the franchisor wants you to be successful. So they're not going to pit you against the same company. Right. So a good franchisor can explain to you their footprint. So Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is it's really their responsibility to uh, figure out, like, will this business succeed inside of a two mile radius Mm -hmm. or will this business succeed when it has um, 50,000 people? Depending on the kind of business it is, 
each franchisor has its recipe for success. Mm -hmm. And it, it should be that the average person who puts average effort into an average territory will get average results. Mm -hmm. So we learn what that looks like mm -hmm. first. Then we assess you. Are you average? Are you above average? Mm -hmm. Then we talk to franchisees. Let's talk to some average ones, some above average ones, some below average ones. Mm -hmm. See who you are and how you fit. And with all that outlined, all that in front of you, you could pretty well determine your um, your cash projections. You know, what will my business earn? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I love that you mentioned that the franchisor has researched this also because, you know, we're all thinking, oh, well, I want one that's five minutes from my house. Well, that just might not be feasible. You know, if, if the, you know, whatever the business is, if the people aren't close enough that are going to be the customers, then it's not going to matter that it's five minutes from your house. Sure, that's convenient. But if nobody's going to go into that particular establishment, then it really isn't a, a good plan. Exactly. I had a client one time. She was wonderful and she really wanted this one kid's business we looked at. Mm -hmm. And she was financially qualified and ready to go and, I mean, she wasn't ready to go. It was early in the process, but um, ready to look. And they came back to me and they said, you know, Mario, we're sorry. Um, we're not going to open there. Mm -hmm. And I said, why? And she lived on like a lake lake community. So mm -hmm. the traffic only came from three directions ah. because of the lake. Mm -hmm. And they, they did a radius of this and they, they looked at what they were going to cut up as the territory. And they said, the population just isn't there. She mm -hmm. won't be successful. And so we rely on the franchisor to let us know that before we even begin to show brands to you, mm -hmm. we're going to know that these brands can work where you are. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and I'm, I'm guessing some of the other things that they study, you know, obviously it depends on the type of business is tourist. You know, is it, is it a tourist based business? Weather based? I mean, you know, I'm, I'm from the mountains of Colorado and, you know, the climate makes a, a big difference as to, you know, when people are going to be in a certain area, all those various things. And so that's where it's great that the franchisor has the capability to be able to do that research because we can't. I mean, we just don't have those resources. Yeah. There, there is, you know, wow. There's, um, responsibility, you know, you as the candidate, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to want to do certain things. And one of the things when you get to the validation, when you look at the business has two halves, the first half, the franchisor is going to tell you everything they want you to know. Right. They're going to put you on webinars. They're going to send you literature. They're going to send you legal docs, everything. Mm -hmm. Once you're through that, you then flip it over and you begin talking to franchisees mm -hmm. and validating all that you've learned. And it's really then that you could get creative and say, I want to talk to someone with my background or I want to talk to someone in my demographic who has the same demographic, okay. um, who's got the same weather, weather, like you just said, or what have you. And so you have an opportunity in most systems, <laughs> unless they're brand new, but in most systems to do an awful lot of conversation mm -hmm. and to learn and get all of the questions answered. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there's a lot the franchisor does, but but there is also a lot, you know, on your end mm -hmm. to go and research and discover you know, I love the fact that you can talk to the other franchisees because, you know, we're all thinking, oh, gosh, well, of course, the franchisor is going to right. promise this, this and this. I want to know if they really do. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's where talking to the franchisee and finding out, OK, what exactly is the support system? You know, that's where that's going to be so valuable. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And that takes a good, um, I just got off the phone with a gentleman who's looking at a senior care franchise, and uh, he's jumping into validation this week, mm-hmm. and uh, he's going to take it for three weeks, you know, because all of the discovery that we work with people on is very part-time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a couple of hours a week for right. three to four months. It's mm-hmm. not full-time. Mm-hmm. So it takes some time, but I suggest you talk to six to eight people. Some people like to talk to more. Mm-hmm. You could talk to everybody. You could talk to every single person in or out of the system. Mm-hmm. You know, the legal docs also have to contain folks that left the system. Ah, so you can, you can actually contact them and say, why, yes. why do you no longer own business X? Exactly. Smart. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, you're obviously going to find a variety of reasons. You know, they move. They just decided they didn't want to do it anymore. You know, all of those things. But it also could be, hey, you know, we weren't getting the support that we were promised or, um, you know, it, it took more and more money, time, you know, whatever it was. Exactly. I encourage clients, you know, so long as you have um, an interest, go through this process Get to the part where you're talking to the franchisees, Mm -hmm. go through the beginning, you know, get to that part, because that's where the rubber meets the road. The franchisees are surprisingly open and honest and helpful Mm -hmm. to you because they were there not too long ago. And you'll be there if you get into a system, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to be helping other people Mm -hmm. learn about the business. Right. It's funny. It's it's like you're interviewing for a job. I tell people, you know, you need to research and, and typically I tell them, you know, use LinkedIn, find current employees and former employees. Mm-hmm. Now, you always have to take the former employees through a filter because <laughs> you never quite know, you know, why they left. But, you know, so you kind of have to do that. But but I always say, you know, it's important to try and, and find people who work there. And people who used to work there. So, you know, I love this process. Same thing here. Find someone who currently owns a franchise and who no longer owns the franchise. Yeah, exactly. Great. Well, you know, one of the things that piqued my interest was when you mentioned that there's lots of different categories because we did, you know, we talked about food and those are kind of the obvious ones. Automotive, you know, some things like that. What are other things that people might just never even consider being a franchise? Oh, gosh, Um, there are so many. Let me just sort of narrow it down to what's really trending. You know, uh, people always ask that. They like to know that. Um, So child-related businesses have been doing well for a very long time. Okay. There are five categories inside of the child sector. Mm -hmm. So there's uh, like education, entertainment, retail, food, and sports. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, parents spend on kids and it's almost recession proof. I'd say right. recession resistant for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a great one. Um, senior citizen related businesses, you know, the population continues to trend older. It's right. not going us, to us, us baby boomers are getting older. That's right. Everything from um, patient advocacy to, you know, in-home care to companionship to, uh, I just learned of a new business that does maintenance on wheelchairs and lifts and ramps. Wow. They're doing incredibly well. I bet. Right? So, so anything to do with our aging population mm-hmm. is going to do well. Another area that people love, but they would never think about is pets. Mm-hmm. So the pet industry is about a $60 billion a year industry. Mm-hmm. And just to put that in in a context, the pizza business in the States is a $40 billion a year industry. Oh, 
So yeah, more pets pizza. than pizza. More pets than pizza. So anything to do with animals. You know, people are spending more. The elderly, they're all getting more pets. Um, mm-hmm. Most families have at least one, if not two. Mm-hmm. Um, all the all the uh, experts are saying that there's a definite, you know, um, expectation of just continued continued growth mm-hmm. in a pet related. That could be like food. It could be pampering. It could be daycare, boarding, um, all that stuff. Uh, and then there's always fitness. So that's a real attractive mm-hmm. concept. Um, it's huge. Fitness has grown 10% every year for the last 10 years. Wow. Uh, what's happening in fitness is uh, the boutique mm-hmm. fitness uh, centers are doing incredibly well. Oh, okay, so like a yoga place. You're going to see, yeah, you're going to see more yoga, Pilates, boxing, mm-hmm. um, you know, centers for just seniors, centers for just pregnant people, centers for mobile business even. Uh, is doing really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then lastly, I'd say another category people don't think about would be green businesses. Mm. So like organic uh, food, mm-hmm. you know, um, healthy vending. Um, um, gosh, what else? Um, businesses that go in and offer clean air or they clean the, up the environment. They, they, okay. they create healthier businesses or, mm-hmm. or homes. Mm-hmm. All of that kind of thing is uh, very attractive, especially to the millennial population. Right. You know, and, and again, I want to emphasize the fact that you as the, the franchisee don't have to have direct knowledge about those. You know, you don't have to, to own pets to have a pet place or, um, you know, you don't have to be a health care provider to own urgent care. That just surprised me that, you know, and it, but of course, urgent care would be a, a franchise. Um, you know, and, and so again, that's where the franchisor has that expertise. You're just coming in as, you know, as, as the, the investor in, in, you know, and, and then the manager. Well, this is perhaps the most exciting, you know, part of the whole game. Mm-hmm. You can reinvent yourself through franchising. Right. We can help you extract your um, transferable skills and competencies. That's mm-hmm. what they want. They don't care that you were a publisher of a newspaper or you were in IT or whatever, you know, unless it's a direct relationship to their product or service, Mm -hmm. they want to know how do you manage? How do you lead? How do you operate? How do you execute? How do you serve customers? What are you committed to? Mm -hmm. You know, who are you? Uh, We could package you, repackage you up based on competencies and strengths, and you get a chance to completely reinvent yourself into any field you like. Right. Because of the systems and processes in place and the training and support. Mm -hmm. So that's very exciting for people who are burnt out, for midlife people who want a change in their life, for folks that are in a career without a future. All of these people are perfect to go through this process Mm -hmm. and to to just just, you know, have their curiosity peaked about what, what options are out there. Right. And again, it's options where you're not sitting in that business Eight hours a day, you know, seven days a week. It, you, it, you are, you know, you can be that semi-absent person. Absolutely. And, you know, besides the semi-absentee model that we talked about, like the retails, mm-hmm. the, um, the home-based and the small office, those businesses, while they don't start semi-absentee, you can't be semi-absentee at your house, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. They don't start that way, but they are designed to end up that way. Mm-hmm. So, if you're willing to maybe give it a three to five year stint and work it, you could 
buy your way out of it, okay. right? Get yourself a manager or a general manager, mm-hmm. build it and then have a life where then you're working a five to 15 hour work week okay. managing territories. Mm-hmm. So it's possible either way. Let's talk more about home-based because that really piqued my interest, you know, because it never, ever occurred to me that you would have a franchise that is home-based. So give us some examples of that. Well, we see home-based in probably half of all the sectors out there, right? So in each of the sectors, we can find all the types. Okay. Okay. So if we're looking at fitness, Mm -hmm. we're going to find a simple retail fitness, like a 1,500 square foot um, cycle bar, let's Mm -hmm. say. We're going to find a sophisticated fitness, which might be an 8,000 square foot shapes for women. Mm-hmm. And then we might find a home based like there's a, a great business out there. That's a mobile fitness center oh. where you have vans mm-hmm. and those vans go out to homes and businesses and do group classes and individual instruction in the home. And they do incredibly well. Hmm. Uh, so that's that's one example. There's. um in the janitorial space, in the maintenance space, there's a lot of home-based opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, in senior care, many of the opportunities in senior care are going to be out of the home or out of an office. Right. You know, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in healthcare also, you know, when, and now obviously you, you have to have a background in that, but, but yeah, you, you're home-based and then able to do it. Exactly. Yeah. In, um, what else? What else can I tell you? Let's see. In, um, Restoration, you know, this is a terrific sector in franchising, Um, fire and water damage, you know, those kinds of situations Mm -hmm. require um, a service to come out and help them. Mm -hmm. You know, home services is perhaps the largest category for home based opportunities. So everything from, you know, getting your blinds done to mosquito repellent to tree removal to roofing uh, to rugs and flooring. There are opportunities to do with your home mm-hmm. that um, really are flourishing today in franchising. I love it. Well, and one of the things that you know you mentioned office stuff, virtual assistants. You know, that's I have two two VAs. Oh, and, you do. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's a great thing to be able to to offer. And and again, you know, I'm I'm assuming that there are franchisees available for virtual assistants. Because, you know, it's, it, again, it's something where somebody has the skill, has the knowledge to do it, but they don't have the overall knowledge to be able to have it as, as that business. So they can turn to the franchisor. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So now, you know, we mentioned startup costs when you want to do something. So that's finding the real estate, buying all those things. And, and then, of course, you know, we had people's eyes crossed at that. What about buying a business that is pre-existing? You know, clearly they're, they get sold. I mean, you know, somebody they absolutely gets yeah, sold. You know, so so how does that work when you buy a pre-existing franchise? Well, a lot of people I talk to want to buy cash flow. Mm-hmm. They say, I just want to resale. And the the sad reality is to find a great business that happens to be in an area and sector you like. That happens to be in your price range, mm-hmm. that happens to be in your neighborhood is is very rare to do. Right. Right. So I try to kind of uh, balance that out. Right. That mm-hmm. that expectation. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. We can do a search in any market and we work with hundreds and hundreds of good franchises. So there's always something out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but the timing isn't always right. Right. Um, however, that being said, there are organizations that offer um, 
large chunks of businesses, a lot of number of units Hmm. for resale. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a little bit of an easier process to validate because you get the P&Ls in your hand, Mm -hmm. right? And you could um, talk to the owner and then go through the regular validation and talk to a bunch of other owners. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's double. You get, you really do get a good solid look at what you're, um, what you're going to purchase. Um, Unfortunately, many times if it's a perfect business, it's going to be scooped up by an existing franchisee in right. the system mm-hmm. or they're going to give it to family or friends. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you got to be really, you know, good at a, a detect, detecting mm-hmm. uh, what's going on in that business, like forensic accounting type of stuff. Right. right? Uh-huh. It's really happening. Um, but there are I, I have had people that I've worked with end up in a resale. So it definitely is out there and it's worth a look. You know, mm-hmm. it's definitely worth a look. Well, and, you know, it, it is something where you you might have just fallen into it. You know, you were talking yeah. to the current owner and they said, oh, you know, but you know, it's again, you have to do your due diligence and, and all of those other various things that we've been talking about. Yeah, exactly. It, it's an it's an interesting uh, it's an interesting part of what we do. It's not a very large part. I'd say it's maybe 10 percent of the work mm-hmm. that I do has to do with, you know, helping people find the resale because what they realize is. Um, when you really get into learning about this, what you want to do is be the one who builds the business and sells it for top dollar, not mm-hmm. builds it and buys it for top dollar. Right. Mm-hmm. You want to be the guy who started with nothing, broke mm-hmm. ground, built this thing, put in sweat equity, you know, built brand, mm-hmm. built loyalty, all of that. While you're doing it on a hyper local level, the franchisor is building brand on a national level. Mm-hmm. Give it five or 10 years. You're going to do very well. Right. You know, and, and that's again where doing your research, you know, what, what is, is up and coming either in the area or in industry trends. Um, you know, here in Atlanta, we've got this, this kind of phenomenon where the, the Atlanta Braves, the baseball team moved from downtown-ish Atlanta outside into Cobb County and, you know, to an area that you know, didn't have, it had some established businesses, but, you know, they're, they're building all sorts of things and, and they've got this thing called the battery, which has lots and lots of restaurants around it and, and all these various mm-hmm. things. And, and so that is truly a place where somebody would get in at the ground floor. You know, it wasn't built yet, you know, and, and then, you know, obviously the Braves are going to put a lot of, of resources into this and, and various other things. And so, you know, it, it would, you would assume, you know, be a, something that would, would be a huge potential benefit. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Well, a cool thing is that when a franchisor, you know, uh, gives you a territory, when you, when you end up with a particular territory, that's never renegotiated. Mm-hmm. So if you're wise, you're going to really work to, to find yourself a territory that's got pockets of real growth. Right. So let's say they say the average unit needs, um, you know, 10,000 senior citizens to be mm-hmm. successful. Mm-hmm. Well, give it five years, that market might have, you know, 20,000, mm-hmm. but they don't re like reevaluate you and charge you or something. You're right. just now in a more lucrative You already market. have that. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's great to be, you know, you need to really know what's happening on that local level. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that did kind of bring up an interesting thought that I had. Can you approach a franchise, a franchisor, 
and say, hey, I see this happening in my area or there is a lack of something. I mean, you know, we, we talked about the fact that they do research, but they're not researching 100 percent of the places 100 percent of the time. Right. So, you know, you might know some. Can you approach? My, OK, my one of my all time favorites is Sonic. I love Sonic. I have to go have a cherry limeade. There's none within anywhere around me. I mean, like, you know, miles and miles away. So if I figured out, hey, this is a good potential area, Sonic. Could I approach them and say, you know, what about, you know, would there would there be an opportunity? Oh, yeah, you certainly can. Um, a lot of franchisors have a, a development sort of a plan. Okay. So they might start on the East Coast and mm-hmm. be working in a certain states and not other states at a certain time. Sure. Uh, but you could certainly find that out. Absolutely. You know, you could you don't need to work with someone like me. You know, uh, I do a lot of education and a lot of coaching along the way. But if you're, you know, people are confident to know what they want, you could go online, figure out who you want to talk to. And just there's always something on the website that says more information about owning your own. Okay. Okay, great. You know, and and food was another, you know, since I'm thinking about Sonic and it's almost, you know, approaching lunchtime, (laughs) you know, it, it, you know, like we see Chick-fil-A, you know, it was based here in Atlanta and then started branching out from there. Um, when I was in Colorado, there was one Dunkin' Donuts, you know, and, and that's a huge chain down here in the South. And so clearly, you know, if you're looking around, you can think, wow, there, there are opportunities. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And, and what a lot of my clients end up learning is that they, um, they realize that the equity ride is important. So if the brand they're looking at isn't national yet, and they can get in while it's going national, they're going to do very, very well. Mm-hmm. You know, so we look at a lot of brands that may have enough. They, they're like strong regionally. Mm-hmm. So they have enough units where you could validate the earnings, but they're not yet national. And that's when you want to get in. Right. And and then, as you said, establish that territory. You exactly. know, and, and so it might be big enough that you can actually have more than one in that location. Uh, yeah. All those various things. Oh, yeah. Lots of people go for the option of territory development Mm -hmm. where they might sign up for, say, three over five years Mm -hmm. and no one else can have the rest of those territories in those years. It's theirs. Wow. They're not investing until maybe 18 months later. Mm -hmm. So that's a really popular way people go. I love it. So, yeah, I mean, you might have knowledge that something's going to happen in an area and an interstate going through or the brave stadium being built, you know, all those various things. And so to be able to lock that in in advance, wow, that's, that is quite the opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Great. Well, you have this wonderful online resource called the first time franchise buyer guide. And um, I've downloaded it. It's a fabulous little book. It, It really walks someone through the process. And, and I love this resource because so many of us, as, as we've been saying, you know, we have so many questions, you know, unless we're already doing it or know somebody who is, we're all thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, this this is more than I could do. And so you have this great resource. And I love this because it really does kind of walk you through this process before you ever even really start to see, would this even be a good fit? Well, and yeah, please, anyone who's interested, you know, the franchiseadvisor.com, you know, download that. There are also um, other ebooks that mm-hmm. I send folks. And uh, if I if I have a conversation with someone who really wants to get going and start looking, mm-hmm. I send them a copy of the Franchise MBA. Okay. It's a soft cover book, a couple hundred pages written by Nick Neonakis. 
It's a number one bestseller on Amazon, Mm -hmm. and it's a terrific look at the industry, the whole picture of franchising on the like the big level, as well as what is a smart process to find the very best business for you. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'd love to get that book to anyone who wants to chat with me. And then there are some other resources on the site. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and and it is it is something that I think (coughs) would interest far more people if we knew more about it, because, you know, as we mentioned at the start of the program, we think too much work, too much money and, and you know, all these various other things. And then when you really start thinking about it, it's like, oh, this is doable. You mean I could do this with just ten thousand um, dollars? You know, and, and so then it really does start seeming like something that is doable, whether it's that you want to switch to it full time or add income on the side, you know, maybe you're getting ready to retire, you've already retired, um, you know, or it's it's a side business, all these various things. I think it's a great opportunity for people to really be looking at. And, you know, a lot of my clients, we get started and we realize the right plan is to revisit this in six months, a year, two years. Mm-hmm. So um, sometimes it's a longer term play. For folks, right. but we want to have that larger conversation about you, your life, your career, your goals, your financial goals. Mm-hmm. How do you plan to build wealth? How do you, what's going to happen at retirement? How do you maintain your quality of life without taking a dip? Mm-hmm. Maybe we should start planning and it might take us, we might not be searching until two years from now, mm-hmm. but we can do the preliminary work to determine which course of action is best if anyone is interested. And the work that I do with folks is completely free of charge. I kind of operate like a headhunter slash realtor. Mm -hmm. And I'm paid by the franchisor when and if a transaction is made. Um, So there's really no, you know, uh, financial commitment at all to go through the process. Mm -hmm. You know, I I love that because then you're – you have a bigger benefit to it than just saying, well, hey, Deb, I'm going to charge you $10,000 to go do this, you know, because then I might say, you know, it's not going to not going to work or whatever. You really want to make sure that it's a perfect fit because the franchisor, again, you know, they want it to, to be a good fit, too. So they're not going to 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 do this process unless they've they've properly been vetted and, and worked through. And, and you just really help them through that process. Yeah, and I spend my time either with clients or with franchisors learning about who is an ideal franchisee. Mm -hmm. So they pay us because they've educated us on who they're looking for. We find them who they're looking for, and it works beautifully. Mm -hmm. And this whole career of mine, as I said earlier, is only about – it's not 20 years old. I mean, it's it's a new new career choice for people. Right. So we've only got just a couple minutes left. So, t- you know, again, what what are the key things that somebody should be thinking about if they're thinking about buying a franchise business? Um, I think one of the first things is how much money do I really need to earn um, annually? OK, when do I need the business to start making money? Mm-hmm. So, like, how long is my runway? Right. Right. Because that's going to be a big characteristic of which Mm -hmm. businesses we start looking at. Right. Is it something that you need money right away or it's an investment for the future? Right. So that's the very first thing. You know, do your bills, figure out your monthly nut and look at your savings and figure out how long can you survive? Mm -hmm. Because that'll be a key question when we design your model. The second thing is, 
how much time do I want to work every week? Mm-hmm. Am I going to be semi absentee? Do I do I want to raise my kids and work 30 hours? Do I want to do I have 55 year olds wanting to work 60 hours? You right. know, they, they refuse to retire. Mm-hmm. Or they um, want to work, too. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. I have some millennials that are saying they want to work like less than five. Mm-hmm. So those two characteristics of the business um, are probably the most important to refine from, you know, thousands of businesses down to the ones that um, that you're going to be happy in. And then it's about the quality of my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's lots of questions we go through, but it's like. Do I want to work with, you know, blue collar versus white collar? Do I want to work nights? Do I want my weekends free? Do I want a professional environment? Am I good at sales? Am I good at management? Mm -hmm. So it's all about like we like to design the absolute 100 percent perfect business. Mm -hmm. And then we go shopping. Right. And everything's a compromise in life. It's just like dating. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like what what am I willing to compromise on? And we just continue to bring the business against the ideal model and say, are you willing to compromise on this or not? And that's how we go through the process to find the right one. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the things to think about. But we act, you don't have to think about anything because we'll actually walk you through that whole process mm-hmm. and come up with the ideal model together. Well, and again, I love this resource that you've got on your website, which was, again, the first time franchise buyer's guide, because it really is something, you know, I was, as I was, was looking through it, where it is that starting point, you know, can I even do this? Should I do this? You know, because let's be honest, it's not for everyone, you know, and, and whether it's financial time, you know, education, knowledge, all of those various things, it's just not for everyone. But you know, you go through, you answer these questions and you figure, okay, this really is a viable option. That's then when they contact you. So Marielle, tell people how they find you. Oh, thanks for that. So you can reach me on the site. It's thefranchiseadvisor.com. You can call anytime. I'm up for a conversation about franchising. Um, I'll give you my cell number. That's answered about 10 hours a day. That's 732 298 0900. Or you can email. It's Mariel, M-A-R-I-E-L at the franchise mm-hmm. Great. And as we mentioned, you've got tons of great resources here. You're happy to work with people to even determine, is this a, a good thing for them to do? You know, I, I'm really committed that if anyone even has an itch, an inclination, a curiosity, mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, they never have to say, gosh, I wish I looked at franchising. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to look at it. Most people will probably say no. Several say yes. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely a journey to take if you've ever questioned yourself. You know, should I be in a business of my own and should it be a franchise? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it is a great way to be in business, you know, whether you're somebody who is, is putting in, you know, the, 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 you know, eight hours a day and being in that business, eight, 10, 12, you know, whatever it is. Or if you're a semi-absent owner, there's so many options out there that I think, you know, so many people have just never even considered. And that's why I, I really encourage people to get in touch with you. Thank you so much. It, it's all a joy. I love a it. Lot of fun. Well, and just the fact that there's so many different options. I mean, who knew? (laughs) Great. Well, I am Deb Creer. I have truly been having a fascinating time learning more about franchising from Marielle Miller. And until next week, everyone have a great day. 
Thanks for listening to the Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer. Join us next time for more real-life stories and techniques to power up your business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.